Hey listeners, thanks for tuning in. Most of you probably don't know, we have a newsletter that just came out now on Neon. It's uh, documenting what the new and latest news is in article form, as well as links to things like top picks, uh, content, as well as Neon Bay, which is new and exciting items for sale online that we highlight. I hope you can subscribe, link in our bio on our IG page, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton, Transform and roll out. Max Admondo, Neon guys, and I'm with Michael Fleckner. Thank, thanks for coming on the show, Neon Artist Extraordinaire. Appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, Michael, we can just jump in. We were talking on just before we hit record. Uh, a lot of people are really starving for content. A lot of names have come up, which is saying, hey, you got to get Michael on the show. This is really a, a person you need to have. We'd love to have it. So here we are. We finally made it happen. Episode whatever. I think we're approaching 80 here. Uh, what, you know, with you stemming from your background, under un, really unpredictable nature of making art is just, you know, everyone has a different uh, kind of path. You know, you uh, obviously have done a tremendous amount of work, uh, either, you know, like I said, in the artistic sense, even in the commercial science sense, fabrication, neon fabrication is, is obviously one of your expertise. Were you kind of thinking along those lines a little bit? What, what was kind of, where did you enter this, uh, you know, the neon zeitgeist, if you will, you got into a lot of different areas here. Um, I, you know, I, I, I uh, what did I do? played around a little bit with neon when I was in art school. You know, I did a couple of neon projects, uh, you know, getting my degrees as a sculptor. And because I wasn't making the glass, I didn't really feel comfortable, you know, claiming the art as my own. And so, you know, I got my art education first and then learned how to do neon after I got out of graduate school. So, so it was from the art end of things. You know, a lot of people get into neon from the sign end of things. Yeah. I mean, you're born in Ohio too. Like what, what, you know, I'm just curious, like the Midwest, what was the landscape back then? Did, had you been exposed to seeing signs? Was it a thing or you just kind of like, you know, let me get into this. It was so flat in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but, um, you know, we had a lot of, we had a lot of cool neon signs in my hometown of Diffin, Ohio. Uh, you know, the main street of town, you know, with porcelain and neon signs, uh, there was this one sign that was actually at eye level that I could walk by is at the it was at the Martinez candy store. So I could look right at the clear, you know, the clear red tubing. I could see the discharge inside the tube. And this place was right next to the Ritz theater that had a huge neon marquee. And then about eight miles outside of town was the Tiffin drive-in and the whole facade of the Tiffin drive-in was neon. And it's like 60 feet by 60 feet. And, you know, Friday, Saturday night, parents would take us out to the drive-in and I didn't care what the movie was. I just wanted to see the, the huge neon display on the front of the screen. So, um, and, uh, and not coincidentally, I'm in the process right now of restoring the neon of the, my hometown drive-in, the 60 by 60 foot display. So, uh, so I'm really come full circle you know, as far as that's concerned. Yeah, and how much, I mean, at the same, at the same time, you know, what's, uh, I guess, what's most inspiring to you? Do you ever look back at those signs and they kind of find your way into your current work at all? I mean, you, your work's a little tongue in cheek too. I love it. I think I love how you kind of get into a bit of wordplay and I appreciate that. I kind of think that 
were you ever a, a bit of a, a, a class clown or something? Because I, I do laugh all the time when I see your work, not because of what it, you know, what it represents, but because it's just, it's fun. Like it's engaging. Are you laughing at me, man? Are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, a, there's a humor element to it, right? I mean, you, you must realize that, you know, the, the names of the pieces, they kind of have like, uh, there's some wordplay going on, right? Yeah, I try to keep, I try for the most part to kind of keep low key. You know, I like, I like dry humor. So I like to slide things in on people that, so that if they're paying attention, they go, wait a minute, what's this guy saying? <laughs> but, uh, you know, growing up in my hometown, I kept seeing opportunities to alter signs. Um, there was a, there was a neighborhood called Sunnywood Estates and somebody stole the letter S one time. So I remade the letter, but I replaced it with the letter F and, you know, it was a nice neighborhood and it took, it took the residents of two or three days to realize I changed the name of Sunnywood States to Funnywood Estates. So it was always those sorts of things, always me looking for an opportunity to, you know, like turn something a little bit around without being malicious and, uh, you know, to have fun and entertain myself and whoever else was paying attention. Mm -hmm. And even too, I'm fascinated by even like uh, your level of not just like codifying the world, but really thinking about, you know, uh, where you want your work to be, you know, you, even like the airplane project with the multiple cross sections of lighted up units where you're kind of doing timers, things like uh, the fire, fire and ice, which I love because it's just timed elements and neon. Do those things kind of filter in as they get made? Like, what does the prep work look for you? Do you kind of start out, you know, how quickly do you transition from, okay, I'm going to make this piece over here to like, okay, I've got it. This is the direction I'm going to go in. Uh you know, it, my inspirations come a, come different ways. You know, when I when I came up with the idea for the space shuttle, the piece that hangs in the Museum of Neon Art right now, was I saw the piece completed in its entirety in my head. And so it's like, well, my work's cut out for me. You know, it took me a couple months to build it from that. So sometimes it's like a flash of inspiration. Or when I was doing this latest little airplane piece, you know, I, I thought, well, these airplanes, they can fly around in a circle. And I laid the circle out on my bench and I'm looking at it and go, well, this could be a spiral instead of a circle. So sometimes it develops organically. Mm -hmm. Even like you're, I mean, jumping back and forth here, but the, the Bromo Krypton camera, you know, you're using things like different gases. Uh, you know, it's just nice to see even within that context of what's going on in your work, you're kind of switching between different elements, you know, between the gases that you're working with. Um, you know, experimentation seems like such an important piece of, of, or at least, you know, part of making art. Uh, what, I, mean, well, I guess, where do you get your inspiration from? A lot of artists kind of sometimes struggle to find where that's coming from. Are you aware when things are happening? Like you look back at certain types of signs, you even bother looking at other neon, what's it like for you? Uh, I mean, I, I look at, I always look at other neon. I look at signage, but I also look at, you know, what artists like Keith Sonier or, or Bruce Nauman or Stephen Antonakis uh, have done, you know, what has come before basically, so that I have a, a historical basis to begin from. But I also look at uh, neon from the sign world and, and what, you know, what it's trying to do, you know, or what its purpose in, in our society is. So I take my cues really from everywhere, but I always want my work to have a fairly sound basis in the timeline of art making. Mm -hmm. And even design, like I love having, Everyone, I think, should have a certain amount of designers in their closet or artists. You know, what can't speak for everyone is like, since this style is so personal, um, but it's kind of fun, you know, when you get to wear certain hats, especially when it comes to making certain types of artwork. I think it's 
you know, it's almost impossible to not be inspired by what you see on a daily basis. You know, even like, that's why I really appreciate those uh, kind of moments in time where you're kind of taken back, like, oh, I never thought of that. Or, you know, how unique of, of, of neon is to be able to spell certain things out. Because oftentimes you think of it as like, uh, or people traditionally see it as one particular unit. It's either on or off. And so I appreciate the elements, like the animation type, you know, maybe that harkens back to the 50s or 60s, but I see it coming back more and more, you know, taking more risks. Uh, obviously, you need to develop uh, more practices around that, especially like with spatial elements and being able to incorporate, you know, different types of installation into that. Um, do you find that challenging sometimes too? Like, I just want to make a simple piece or do you kind of always, are you always after that next big art project? Uh, no, I, I, I even allow myself to make the pieces that are kind of like, you know, silly or, or, or inane, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, you can set out to make great art. Chances are you, you might. So I allow myself to go any direction. If it's something that I think is really, uh, really ambitious, I'll, you know, I'll go for it. But sometimes I just want to do something that requires only one transformer you know you know versus 64 transformers so so really i just give myself a wide range um you know approaching it like that and when you know when even like people came up and said you know please you know you got to have michael on the show one of the things i always noticed at least the correlation was a lot of younger artists are really interested in what you're doing uh you know they're just getting into this they're kind of you know either in a shop or on their own or maybe they just, you know, listening right now and wondering, you know, I would love to just kind of just get into this a little bit. Um, but if they've been progressive enough to want to get in there and get their hands dirty, either than been, you know, bombarding or, um, you know, bending here and there, what's the best piece of advice that you've received that you think would help them during this, you know, maybe during this uh, challenging timing? We're in unprecedented times, but, you know, even pre-COVID, was there anything that you could look back on that might be able to kind of, uh, give them some sort of uh, direction, I guess? Well, I've always been kind of a rascal with my art making. And so when I first started thinking about getting into neon, uh, the neon benders around me would say, oh man, it's going to take you years to learn how to do anything. Um, you know, you can't expect very much out of it until you're like way down the road. You know, that sort of uh, you know, discouraging words. But for me, that's always been kind of an encouragement because, you know, I might have had a lot of doubts until somebody starts telling me, oh, you're going to run into roadblocks and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, for the younger artists, I, you know, ones that I'm in contact with personally, I really try to really try to support them and let them know that they're on the right track and that, you know, with, you, you spend the time, you put in the time, you put in the concerted effort you, you know you're going to be able to learn how to bend neon you're going to be able you know learn how to express yourself so i just you know on a personal level i try to be very supportive because you know everybody's going to have their their own you know their own style their own technique their own way of approaching art making in neon so i just try to be as supportive as possible you know the media itself is already very very difficult you know so the, so their work's cut out for them but uh, you know, if they're if they're bold enough, or you know, have stick to it enough, stick to it enough mm -hmm. to get into it, it's just like yeah, go for it. I love that idea that you know, like even the continuation of what you just said is that you know, just keep sticking to it. But at the same time, be a bit of a realist. You know, sometimes people don't need to be fed that you can do anything. I think the reality should be that you might not be a number one vendor. You could be the number three. Uh, a shop in the area or you could be a number two you know and, and be satisfied with that some people I think are just struggling to do everything and I'm not sure if that is really 
good about neon. What I do know is that, you know, if you really are, if that's really what you want to do, surround yourself with good people and that will help. You know, I see a lot of artists that are buddying up, people that are partnering up with other schools or other individuals that have done this for a long time. I think that's been extremely helpful to them. And I think a really good uh, kind of a gateway to getting to the next place they want to be. You know, that might be. Yeah, I, I always recommend that, you know, you learn how to do it right first. You know, you really have to have a respect for the craft and for the skill. You know, and it takes a little while to develop that. Some people pick it up very quickly. Other people struggle, struggle, struggle. And then they hit a point where it's smooth sailing. The thing is, Neon's always teaching you stuff. So, so you know, kind of the bottom line is, it doesn't matter where you are on that ladder of, you know, your, your ability as a Neon person or as an artist. Um, you're the only one that can do what it is that you have in your mind to do. So, so that individual expression, I think is most important and it's absolutely valid. You know, whatever you basically, whatever you, you know, whatever, you know, whatever idea you have, it's perfectly valid to go ahead and try and execute it. Mm -hmm. I like that. I think, and also executing a big part of this is just, you know, being able to do different things with Neon. You've been really successful transitioning, not only just in the, a personal sense where you've got collections, you know, going and collecting your work, but I love the collaboration you did with the snowboarding manufacturing company, which is Ride K2. I looked at that. Just a, uh, just one of these neat things about Neon is that I feel like it can get, you know, kind of go to different places, you know, and you had agreed to do this uh, kind of swap if you will but you had created some some art for them you talk about that a little bit uh yeah they approached me it was very interesting they approached me and they wanted to know if they could pay me to use some of my images on a snowboard and uh i had to check with i had to check with rihanna actually who owns the the, the one of the pieces that one of the images is taken from to make sure it was, wasn't going to get into legal problems you know letting uh ride snowboard use the image and uh and everything was fine. I still maintained the copyright for it. So, so, so I was just really happy because they could have just as easily stolen my image, you know, and used it and not, uh, you know, not paid me for it. So, so, but it was just so interesting, you know, that yeah, my for anyone the, struggling with that too, I think that the, the, some artists and reasonably so should be, you know, obviously aware of where their work is, is going. Um, you know, but I think it, it, it opens up a new door, if you will. It gives, gives some artists to think about ways that even if they're not making, say, a sign, it gives still some, uh, some interaction between, um, you know, some personal branding, also the ability to kind of take those ideas into a physical object outside of just neon and turning it into a, a bit of a product or even a, another line of, of business for them. I think that that could be really great. You know, I do see a lot of taking uh, elements here and there. Um, but you know, maybe you could turn other people on just putting your work out there. Was, was that something that you, you know, recognize as a viable option for a lot of artists out there? You, in, primarily you should be making your art for yourself. You should be your primary audience, but try to get as many people as possible to see it, to see what you're doing. Um, you know, get it spread around, you know, so that you're influencing people so that you're seen, that you're also recognized. And when you do that consistently, people go, oh, this person's not a flash in the pan. Look, they continue to produce. They, con they continue to develop as an artist. So that's very cool. I like that too. I think, and also even like with your work where every, and some, you know, some neon artists have come on the show. They've been to various universities that have programs or uh, different schools and they've graduated from them. 
um, I'm thinking about even our design schools. You were a recipient of an award at Columbia's College of Art and Design, which is really a, a great thing as an alumni to to receive, but also a professional achievement. I think that even the schools that, they, that other neon artists have gone to, they could kind of go back to and say, hey, what else could I, you know, how could we partner? What else could we be doing? Maybe just on a exhibition level. I like what you said, which was, you know, it's all about getting the work out there any way that you can, especially now where we're at right now with the pandemic. Um, there's other there's people doing digital shows right now. Um, have you, you know, transitioning into that a little bit at all? Or have you thought about what, what's going Like, how does it, how's your world been impacted by what's happening now? Uh, well, in many ways, it's exactly, it's exactly the same it was before the COVID hit, you know, so, so, you know, I have projects in my studio and I'm working on them and I spend a lot of time in my studio, at, you know, in the first place. So, 75% of my life seems normal. And, you know, I still have people getting in touch with me who want me on. And so, you know, so I have ongoing projects. So that makes me very happy. Um, but I have been thinking about, you know, needing to develop, you know, some sort of video presence as far as, you know, like, say, for example, a video gallery, you know, where I can basically walk through some of my pieces, you know, you know, so it'd be a place where people can go and visit and it will, well, you know, we're talking about kind of like a virtual online gallery. Yeah, I have to jump in. I was going to ask, have you seen the Neon Museum with the Tim Burton exhibit, how they've kind of turned towards video as a, as a way before, you know, to get people access to the collection? Have you been looking at that at all? Yeah, I've just started to see that. I need to look at it a little bit more. Yeah, there's something about that, I think, you know, um, even even for someone who doesn't even live in the area who couldn't uh, you know, even go uh, to attend the museum. It's kind of a neat way to, I guess, reflect on, you know, obviously it's not the magic of, of neon in, in real life, but, uh, but it, you know, it, it prepares people for what, what, you know, what to think about it. And, and it gives them a chance to respond, which is kind of what you're going back to with your uh, kind of just get the audience, give, give the audience what they're looking for, more of what they need to be able to, you know, get, get, you know, get to your work, you know, more paths to that means that those would lead to uh, possible opportunities later down the road, I think. And so I love that idea of kind of creating a video project along the way that kind of maybe could, uh, you know, kind of rewrite some of the script, <laughs> if you will. It's not yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think film is good, good for that, I think, you know. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, the thing, the thing is having, you know, having visual, you know, having visual information like that, you know, like the, like the Neon Museum in Las Vegas, it starts giving the viewer, I mean, even if you can't go see the, the Neon it personally, it starts giving the viewer kind of a vocabulary that they can start to develop to, you know, to build a better understanding of what's really going on with Neon. I think so. And what, what I guess also too is, um, you know, what do you hope, I guess, uh, people online that come across your work, you know, see it as, you know, are you uh, working on any new projects that you, you're kind of excited about, you know, down the line here? Who, me? Uh, yeah. With the, like, <laughs> no, the guy behind you. The, the, I guess the comment I have is, you know, the kind of a two-part question. looking over my shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I guess in, in brief sense, you know, how much do you, um, how much back catalog do you have? Are you always just constantly coming up with new work or is it just kind of like when it comes out, are you uh, thinking about new projects outside of, you know, what your, you know, what your past work is, is doing? About 20 or 30 years about about 20 or 30 years ago, someone said to me, aren't you afraid that you'll ever run out of ideas? And, 
it just seemed like the craziest thing anybody ever said to me. Um, I have a huge backlog of ideas, uh, you know, and they just keep coming. You know, one thing will suggest another thing will suggest another thing. You know, and I get a lot of inspiration from just like everyday life, you know, exposure to the media, you know, to the weather out here, uh, you know, maybe mishearing something or misseeing something. Uh, I mean, all these things for me are, are can be inspirational. So, so I've never had a lack for ideas. Never. Oh, yeah. I would say, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's what's great. I think it's only the only thing that lacks about ideas if you don't do any of them. And I think that that tends to be a problem. But you know, it's, yeah, I think I tell your work has a lot to it. So uh, yeah, so that's fantastic. I think, you know, as far as uh, people going online to, to check out your work and what's what's happening next, you're on Instagram. You also have a really great website too, which has a lot of your work on there. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. Where where I think people can uh, check out your stuff the most, though, you're, you're pretty much constantly uh, on Instagram, I think, a lot of times too. I've seen a lot of your work. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you're on uh, Flectro22. Uh, yes. if people want to check out your stuff and flectro.com. Yes. That's so with a K. Yes. F L E K T R O.com. Um, and last, I just want to kind of quickly touch on too, was, uh, the, the celebration forever stamp. Uh, I think I almost passed up on that. You want to talk about that a little bit? Say that again. It's the forever stamp for the USPS. You, you collaborated on that as well. I know they should have kept it forever. Uh, anyway, yeah, it came out first published in uh, 2012, and then they reissued it in 2015, and they've just discontinued it this year. But uh, a lot of people have seen it. Uh, basically, what happened is the United States Postal Service got in touch with me and asked me if I'd be interested in coming up with some ideas for a postage stamp. You know, so they sought me out. They'd seen postcards from the Museum of Neon Art in, in uh, Los Angeles with some of my images on it, and, and the art director thought, oh, maybe Neon would be a great medium for a postage stamp. I thought they were kidding at first, and then they sent me a contract. So I knew they were serious, and then I worked with the art director on three basic designs, and the you know, the one that became the stamp image is the one that uh, they went with. It's a beautiful thought. I mean, I think even the timelessness of a stamp, it, I think it works really well, you know, creating a kind of a bite-sized version, if you will. And I think a lot of people would be able to, uh, you know, appreciate that. Not even people that would know much about Neon, but would recognize the uh, kind of the colorful elements around that too. So it was that, you know, like I said, it kind of just happened all spur of the moment. They just saw your work, right? That's kind of how that came out. Yes. Yeah. So for anybody listening, I mean, you know, you never know what's going to tug at someone's ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like I said, they were seeing images of my work on postcards from the Museum of Neon Art, and the you know the guy got in touch with me, so that was very cool. By the way, the original neon is about three foot by four feet, and it is in the Smithsonian National Postal Museum, so you can actually see the original glasswork. Oh, so cool. Uh, yeah, well, so, uh, you know, Michael, I, I just want to take the time to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, a lot of people have been looking forward to this episode. I hope. Any last uh, kind of parting uh, words you want to put out there? Not just everybody stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay stay good, everybody, and uh, yeah, keep, keep creating, of course. Yes, good advice. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Thank you, Max. You have a great weekend. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up, and as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>